okay. She is recording once again. I'm a triumph of technological power. Um, welcome to my triumph of technological power. <laughs> uh, <laughs> In the world of floral design, there are so many wholesome, educational, wonderful floral podcasts. This is not one, love. I hate to break it to you. I will tell you honestly, this is not that podcast. It's not that podcast. No. What have I turned up to then? You have, have turned up to? up to two homosexuals. Basically cackling, wheezing, laughing, the odd snack for about an hour or so. And then the odd informational piece in the middle. I would like to think so. Yeah. That sounds about right to me, yeah. and I would sign up. I'm, a, I'm at peace with it, love. I think it sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> when are we doing our snack episode, please? You haven't fed me anything yet, and I've been here for like, <laughs> don't know, eight or nine episodes. I thought, you know, I'm, I, yeah, we need to get onto that, love, because I think <laughs> you are missing out because you know that we have much better snacks here in Australia than you do in the. <laughs> oh. No, you have different. No, you have that's different. Not. No, all right, I'll rephrase. You have thank di- you. <laughs> you have different snacks in the UK. Like we have different snacks. Very in the different. UK. I'm not having you rubbish Marks and Spencer's food. No, no, I couldn't. Like, and you know, to be honest, it was like at the moment I was about to say it, all of a sudden I was transported to like the smell of walking in. Room. Oh, walking in. No, it was. <laughs> it's the mini, like the mini pork pies. <laughs> those tiny pork pies from Marks and Spencer. Love. Oh, you know, like, it just, they make me want to get naked. I mean, tell me, what would you do if I called you up one day and I was like, hi, Matthew, hi, yeah, hi. Um, We've been sponsored by the Mark Spencer's Food Hall. Uh, my response would immediately. Would you die? No, I would you die? But I, my first inquiry would be, well, when the hell are they opening in Australia? <laughs> <laughs> you know, they actually just posted a massive loss this week of like 200 million or something over the past um, tax year. Wow. Because, well, obviously because of the lockdowns, like their business is mostly, I would imagine, it's mostly retail based. Um, and the UK has been closed for <laughs> most of the past year. Um, so, yeah, but they've just said their, their food sales were up like 7% or something. So wow. there is hope for the Mark and Spencer food hall. So there we are. Mm. Um, Math, you, my very best sister. What are we? What's today? What are we? What are we talking about today? Well, today I feel like we've talked about so many things. I don't know about you, but we have quite a lot of plant use in our business, and I thought it could be a nice. Are you talking op- about marijuana? No, 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 no. That was a, that was another business. That's what funded this one. And I thought, you know, (laughs) no, it would be nice to talk about, you know, a lot of florists around the world do or don't have plants in their business or as part of their business. And I think it's a nice little topic to talk about. I would agree. So... I, where I stand on plants is right on top of them. No, joking. Yeah. I generally, <laughs> I generally, generally, there's an old joke about like, I can't remember what it is. It's like, um, where do you stand on like Theresa May? And someone's like, on her head. Oh! Or something ridiculous like that. Anyway, it's a, it's a ridiculous old joke. They made a swift, uh, <laughs> a swift Brexit from that joke, love. A, s- a swift Brexit. Um, so, I, where do I stand on plants? I have a real passion for plants. Mm. I do. I have a big, big passion for plants. And I think that most floral designers don't use them enough, to be honest with you. And it makes me sad mm. because when you see, when you drive up 
to a beautiful flower shop that has an amazing frontage, you know, where every plant is in a gorgeous part or is gift wrapped beautifully, you know, with some smart packaging and some branding. And it is a joy to behold. I don't know why people would go to, um, you know, like buy a plant online or, you know, like go to a random big ridiculous place where, you know, they don't have anything gift wrapped or ready to go because a good florist like that is taking care to like really merchandise their plants and look after them. I love, I'm here for it. And there's not enough of them. No, and I think there's also some romanticism that can be applied to plants that are beautifully presented and packaged and wrapped as well. Because, Mm -hmm. you you know, it's like you just said, when you arrive at a a flower shop and, you know, you're greeted by something so beautiful and long lasting, something that gives life into your home, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, adds so much value to the business, but also adds so much value to that client's space. But most importantly, the thing I think about how plants relate to my business is that Mm -hmm. every single time that client looks at the plant in their home, they know where they bought it from. Yes, absolutely, for sure. Because it's another mark of... Like, it's another connection. It's another layer of connection. You know, they walk into their living room. They're like, oh, I hate my job. Oh, that dog needs a walk. Oh, but look at that beautiful, beautiful fig plant Mm -hmm. that I purchased from so-and-so florist. And it just makes my life so much better. And I think one of the biggest reasons that I don't think florists really do so well with plants is because they can be a little intimidating. You know, like, it can be a little scary. Yes, yes, absolutely. It can be a little bit of, how do I look after that? Am I going to keep it alive? You know, oh God, I could kill that really easily. But I think there are so many great plants that, uh, you know, florist can stock and can work with really, really easily that people love to have in their homes. May I ask you a question? What are like the typical kind of go-to plants that you have in your stores? Well, we generally have... Well, we always have potted Phalaenopsis, always. It's a real staple for me. Like, I am totally lost without fowls in the store. I, it's it's something, it's such a bestseller. We have them in full sizes. We also have them in miniature. And we generally have huge planters of them with anywhere from six to ten plants in the one planter. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, they sell, they sell really well. And it's most important to me, I'm not a huge fan of having anything out the front of a flower shop that isn't beautiful and presented beautifully and ready for sale. Because there's nothing mm-hmm, worse mm-hmm. than going to a, a flower shop and all of a sudden there's a trestle table out the front with a red tablecloth on it saying clearance sale. I mean, poverty. And the thing that I think really sets that apart is having those beautiful plants out the front. So, we'll always have whatever's in season. Just something simple on mass. So, like, at the moment, we have... Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know. What do you call them? Do you call them Kalanchos or Kalanchoe? Um, I call it Kalancho. Cal- so, neither. Of course. Thank you. Of course. <laughs> you know, can I just say what a lot of people don't know about me? And this is, like, a... This is a private moment with Joseph Massey. <gasps> Um, I did a little, <laughs> I, we put up a little online free tutorial through the week. Um, and in it, I mispronounced kangaroo paw. 
you know, kangaroo yeah, ball and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> of course, God, what am I on about Jesus? Yeah. You know, it's what you were brought up on. Yeah. So I mispronounced it. And what a lot of people don't know about me, random, random, random story, is um, I had like the worst stutter ever until I was about six years old. And I went to a specialist speech therapy nursery because I couldn't speak properly. Huh? And so, um, so when people say, you know, usually I don't pronounce things uh, properly because often I will read them a lot before I you know, actually try and pronounce them. Um, and I, and I got like, people were like, Oh, you're not having pronounced that right. And I was like, please leave my disability. Immediately. Yeah. Yeah. So no, Calancho, I think Calancho are, um, such a good long luster. I'm not so much of a fan of like the basic kind of, you know, like the little short ones, which are maybe like the dark green leaves with, um, you know, I don't know the full botanical name of those actually, but I do like the magic bell ones. Yeah. Beautiful. With the big little green parts. I think they're amazing. Um, so we've got those at the front of one store at the moment. Mm -hmm. And then we've got, um, at the front of another store, we have Cyclamen and just Cyclamen en masse ready to go. People love them in that area. So, yeah, we just mm-hmm. kind of pick and choose something, just something seasonal as a nice little beautiful loss leader to have at the front of the stores. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's interesting that you said a good little loss leader. Do you yeah. not make profit on them? We don't. It's not, well, it's not huge. And this is the thing I think about in my business, like our average order value, the average sale, she's big love. You know, she without giving mm-hmm. too much away, she's high. So to be mm-hmm. selling something that's fifteen dollars, you actually have to sell an awful lot of them to make money. So, and this is to justify the the investment in your time and your oh, staff's time. Absolutely. Right? I mean, how long does it take to box and wrap a plant? Like it might take three minutes per plant, which you know, and that time is money. And it's yeah, it definitely isn't something that is a huge net profit, but it is a great little branding tool to circulate your brand through the people as such, you know, civilians, people that may not have um, the ability. The people's plants. (laughs) The people's plants, you know. (laughs) You have to think of the civilians, love. They may not be able to afford to purchase, you know, $100 or $200 bouquet of flowers from from you, something that you specialise in. And I think it's just such a lovely way to give a small... A small gift. It's the same reason that Louis Vuitton and Gucci have key rings and bag charms mm. and little tiny scarves and things like that. Because it mm-hmm, gives mm-hmm. people an opportunity to at least buy something from that store. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And one thing that I think that a lot of maybe florists or floral designers don't um, fully maybe take the best advantage of or take full advantage of mm. is that if you have plants in stock in your shop or in your studio, you can use them for other things. So yes. I know you just mentioned you have like, you know, cyclamen outside one of your stores oh, you right say now. Oh, you cyclamen. Um, I'll pop her cyclamen. Uh, so well, how do you pronounce cyclamen. it? Cyclamen. Cyclamen. Yeah. Okay. So, so British. Hello. So British. Cyclamen. Um, Cyclamen. Um, so yeah, cyclamen, but that's also how I pronounce them anyway. And, um, I love, love, love using cyclamen leaves for buttonholes. 
I think they are the best, cutest, I would agree. little perfect loops. They have a gorgeous vein on them. They hold up really, really well. They have like a lot of, you know, water in them. Um, and they wire like a dream. Yeah. Oh my gosh. They, and even the little flowers as well. Like Adorable. I've glued them in many a little gorgeous little design and they last so, so well. And I, one thing that I think is so great is if you do, you know, like sell plants in your store or have them, you know, at the front of your store or in your studio, you can use them for other things as well. They don't have to be just a simple retail item that you can only use for one specific purpose, no, you know? Absolutely not. And that, that, that's, well, I know that you have, well, I've definitely seen that you've used like quite large plants in wedding designs before, like in wedding receptions and ceremonies and stuff like that. Yes. So what happens yes, with those plants afterwards? So two things happen with them. We have at the back of our current studio space, we have like a, I guess, I mean, I'm really giving away all the secrets here, <laughs> but we have a yard and in the yard, we, we basically keep a selection of plants. There. So we have like bay trees, we have a uh, birch trees, we have olive trees. And once you've purchased them and they're not that expensive for what they are, I don't think for the, you know, the bang versus book ratio, mm. um, you can use them again and again and again. So I'm a huge fan of using birch trees in weddings. Mm. You know, we might buy. I don't know, six of them or whatever it's going to be. And um, we might use them as a backdrop. We might use them behind a top table or we might use them to flank doorways. And I mean, obviously you can't use them all year round and because, you know, they don't, well, it depends on what you want them for, but, you know, deciduous trees here in the UK, you kind of look on like April, May um, onwards until like September, October-ish type of thing. Um, so, you know, but you can still use them in winter, you know, w- you know, when they're not in leaf as such. And they do require a little bit of upkeep. But that said, I think you get so much more from them, especially if you're looking to fill out a big wedding or event. If it fits in with the brief and the aesthetic, you know, using plants can be a great way to fill things out. One of my favorite things actually to work with is, um, you know, sword fern. Do they last well in Australia? Um, Nephrolopsis, the, oh, yeah, you know, the sword yeah, not too bad. Fern. Not too bad. Yeah, yeah. They are, I think they are one of the cheapest ferns that you can have. They are so big, you get so much value for, you know, a couple of quid. And if you're doing anything that is, you know, foresty or jungly or anything that's really outdoorsy, maybe using moss or logs or branches or whatever you're doing, you know, in combination with other things, um, I think they can just bump out so much space so easily. They're one of my favorite things to use. What do you like using in weddings and events? Well, to be honest, I don't know that the plant craze as such similarly to how you're describing is quite as prolific here for weddings and events mm. in Australia mm. plants are simply like the types of plants that you have access to there are so so different like no one really wants me to go and be like oh can I come and dump 10 eucalyptus trees down your aisle for your wedding like it's not quite the <laughs> same as like some beautiful toperies or hedges or something like that um, like or like the, in the royal wedding where they had um, it was who was it like Kate and William you know the trees down the aisle by Shane Connolly that kind so of thing so beautiful um, such a beautiful look yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But so that type of thing you wouldn't look to use in Australia. It's much more like flower based. It's as so to like flower based. based. You know, it's so so mm. flower based. And even just looking at the amount of foliage that is imported into Australia from overseas, it just goes to show our climate. And there'd be so many countries around the world. I know that there's millions of people listening to this right now from all corners of the globe, including the Marina Bay Sands, Singapore, and they are. <laughs> 
going to be people that resonate with what I'm saying because it just doesn't it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist here. Like mm-hmm. if I wanted to go and buy a beautiful chopery tree here in mm-hmm. Perth, the most isolated city in the world, she ain't growing anywhere, love. I'm sorry, newsflash. I'm in a <laughs> desert, Dal. So it's not here. So I think we tend to make um, the styles of weddings as well really reflect that for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Isolated. And <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I get that. Like, I mean, there are definitely like geographical, mm-hmm. um, you know, restrictions to what mm. you can do, and that will, you know, for the millions and millions of people who are listening to this, that will reflect for them as well. You know, if you're in, I don't know, like New Mexico, maybe in, you know, uh, the USA, you're not going to be able to have like, you know, tons of birch trees and mosses, and it's just a very different climate. Um, okay, then another question is. Are there any plants that you love to use in bridal work? Like, are there any specific things that maybe you can't get as a cut flower, but you love to use in bridal bouquets or bridesmaids or buttonholes? Come on, you must have a few. She loves the Serapagia, love. She loves... She loves the Serapagia. She loves the Serapagia. Um, Serapagia, Woody Eye, mm, it's String just of Hearts, ex- beautiful. Well, for the civilians, yeah, Chain of Hearts, String of Hearts. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, it's just mm-hmm. exquisite. You know, there's nothing more beautiful. But again... For bridal work here, I agree. I think cyclamen are a beautiful leaf um, for a buttonhole or a boutonniere. Mm -hmm. You know what else Mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan of for a boutonniere is Mm -hmm. a geranium leaf. Oh. I love I've never used a geranium leaf in a button. Do they hold up well? Oh, yes, love. You can leave them out of water for two weeks and they'll still be walking around your office, love. They're absolutely... Stunning. And I love... Okay. Some, I'll have to try that. Something about the smell of a geranium leaf and that I just mm. adore. And mm-hmm. the sh- I just love the shape of the leaf for me. So, mm-hmm, I think in mm-hmm. wired work, it's just so, so beautiful. I would use um, other sort of plants that I would definitely go to for these sorts of things would be... For us, for example, if you wanted to buy a slipper orchid... It would be less expensive to buy a slipper orchid on the plant here than it would to be a, buy a cut stem. Mm, I think that's different here. I think so. When we buy the Paphylopetalum, the slipper orchids, we can get them in boxes of. You know, I don't buy them that often. I think they come in boxes of like eight mm. or boxes of ten. Something like that. I had like some that. for Chelsea. I think it was like um, a box of eight. Yeah. Yeah, boxes eight, boxes ten, because they're relatively big, and they put them in the standard like Vanda boxes. Mm-hmm. And if you're buying something like, um, you know, Claire de Lune, the the white and green one, the that's one of my favorite ones. Um, I think you get about eight of them in a box, and I think they're on average, I would say, maybe three pound a head, something oh, like that. Oh, so cheap. Whereas the yeah, three four pounds a head, I think. Whereas the plants, I think, are a little more. They're around about six seven pounds, something like that. But I mean, if you're planning to keep them in your studio and you know you're going to use them long term, then I mean, you can totally get more value out of them as a plant than you will as a cut flower for sure. Mm, yeah, I mm. I definitely. Well, I mean, God, I had a wedding probably about two years ago now where the cut stems of Phalaenopsis didn't arrive and we ended up having to cut the stems off plants. We ended up having to buy trays and trays and trays of plants to actually use the Phalaenopsis stems. So, (laughs) what a bloody nightmare that was. Mm. But yeah, I I mean, plants are not a huge part of my business, but they're certainly an important part of the business because I think it does add a lot of value. And, you know, if you look back to florist shops 
you know, 40, 50 years ago, a lot of florist shops were actually florists and nurseries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. That's a big trend over here in the UK. Is it? Well. Like one of, um, yeah, yeah. One of my uh, tutors and mentors who, you know, I, I went to for classes for years, um, Ian Lloyd, who I know you've met mm-hmm. in, in the UK as well. Um, I believe his family started off as, um, you know, a nursery, you know, growing plants and then moved into floral design because it kind of, it kind of does feed off each other, you know, really, really well. So, um, I mean, one thing that I've really been experiencing over the past six months is we read, we had our garden done. Mm-hmm. in December. Mm-hmm. So for the house I've lived in, I've lived in for about two and a half, no, three years now it must be. Um, and for the first like two years, two and a half years, it was literally just a green square of turf. And I was busy and traveling a lot and I never really got around to, you know, justifying, I guess, the money to spend on it to make it lovely and all the rest of it. Um, but last year during COVID, mm-hmm. um, I was like, you know what, we should spend some time in this garden and we can make it really lovely. So we designed it, we got it all done. And now over the past couple of months, we've been, you know, working on the quality of the soil, we've been putting plants in, and it is the most cool thing, like I know I'm I'm grinning as I say this, to have plants in your garden Mm -hmm. that you can cut from and you can use for things and you can just nip out of a morning Mm -hmm. and take a couple of stems or a couple of leaves and then take them into your studio. And I never would have thought I was that kind of a person, but I have growing things like um, the Stackish Lanata, you know, the Lamsia. Um, I have a couple of different Heuchera in, you know, different shades of like bronze and um, brown and black, which are lovely. I have some spirea. Um, what else do I have? I have I have a ton of different things which I would which I've been doing a lot of shoots recently mm-hmm. for um, something which I still can't talk about, which is so annoying. Yeah. Um, but I know looking at my Instagram, you'd be like, "Oh, you've been really quiet. You haven't been doing anything." But I've been shooting like nearly every week. I just can't show any anything of what I'm doing, um, and I've been able to kind of take from the garden and those plants I've bought once that's fine. I've put them in the garden and now I can pick from them like whenever I want to. It's like a little, you know, okay, it's not going to save me millions and millions, but it's a wonderful little it's convenience resource. too. You know, if you only need yeah. a few stems of something for a small job or something special or a shoot or something like that. I mean, how delightful to be able to just swan out to the garden in your tear-stained marabou nightgown and just snip off a couple of <laughs> stems of philodendron. I mean, how delightful. Yeah, exactly. And what I've done is, like, um, I live with my partner and we've been kind of... Luckily, he has left the garden very much to my taste because he knows what's best for him. Mm -hmm. Um, But... I've been able to pick things that I think like work really, really well. So like one of my favorite foliage is, um, I don't know if it grows in Australia, like, uh, Sambucus, like the black lace, like elder, black elder. Oh, I'm Googling it now. Does that ring any bells? Sambucus black lace is one of my absolute favorite. Oh yes. Okay. No, it, it, it does grow here. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So that is one of my favorite ever materials. You can't buy it as a cut foliage no, ever no. and anywhere. But I've got two big plants in my garden now, mm. and I'm planning on it's putting a creeper, them, isn't it? You know, uh, it's like a big shrub. It can be a tree or yeah. a shrub. Yeah. Yeah, nice and big, nice and mm. solid. Um, and like just this spring, we planted a couple of different uh, hellebores. Um, we went to this nursery. We didn't really intend to buy anything, but we found like a gorgeous little cluster of like black hellebores, like um, the varieties like Manon and Lucy and Abigail and all of those really, really dark, like double petal or triple petal ones. And I've been able to use them in my work over the past couple of weeks or past couple of months. Um, and it's the, it's just the best thing, you know, to not have to kind of, 
order in 50 stems or, you know, 20 stems of this, if you just need one or two things to make a project really, really special. I agree. And I think the, well, you know, it's cultural in so many places. Like I know that when I spend, have spent extended periods of time working and living in Europe when I was younger, it's mm-hmm. common for like, if you live in Germany, for instance, like you can go to any supermarket, any florist, and you can get a selection. And I'm talking a big selection of different types of plants and people buy them with their weekly shopping and they have them in mm. you know, on the dining table and in the little window boxes. It's, it's normal. Mm. Nothing reminds me more of when I was in my early twenties, um, studying in Germany um, with Gregor in Bad Nunar, uh, then kind of walking along the streets and seeing like red geraniums in like all the mm-hmm. window boxes. Isn't it funny how like plants have that kind of memory kind of snapshot? Like they can take you right back to a specific place in time. Like it's what we were talking about earlier. Do you have any plants that you absolutely love that either you grow yourself or you love to use kind of in your work? Well, I'm a sniffer. <laughs> So I'm definitely somebody, I'm a sniffer. <laughs> you know, when you cut like a stem using a knife and you, you get a whiff of something and you're like, mm, I'm a sniffer. I like to smell everything. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. plant I can't live without is jasmine. <gasps> I <gasps> die for jasmine because there is nothing mm. more. I'm going to use a bold choice of word here, but I feel like the smell of jasmine in spring has a sensuality about it. It's it's quite hypnotic, the smell. I think we could just leave this podcast right here. Yeah. Like, honestly, just finish on that note. Like, yeah. Because you're so right. I mean, th- it's so overpowering. It's it's just, Jasmine. to me, it's completely hypnotic. It is, mm-hmm. um, it's something that, it's a smell that you can't mistake for anything else. You know, it, it is mm-hmm. 100%. It's like, what is that smell? It's Jasmine. You know, I know it's Jasmine. Mm-hmm. And I just... Oh, I would adore, absolutely adore to, you know, have a huge property and just have oodles and oodles and oodles of jasmine so that for that, that one month of a year, you mm-hmm. have that just absolutely exquisite smell. I mean, I personally, I'm a f- huge fan of foliages. So, mm-hmm. I actually mm-hmm. adore a foliage rather than probably a flowering plant. So, Ooh. I... I tend to love, you know, like fiddle leaf ficus and, and things like that. And not mm-hmm, to try and sound mm-hmm. trendy, because I know it's all very trendy at the moment to have that sort of shit in, in, you know, your house and stuff. But I just love, <laughs> I love foliage plants. Love, I love a rubber plant. I love a rubber plant. I just love, oh. yeah, I just love having foliage um, trailing. Mm-hmm. A smart devil's ivy or 16 hanging from a wall in a living room is just <laughs> delightful. I just love it. It's delightful. It's so calming, I think, to have green plants Putting in the, the home. Um, I have until you have to water just- them. You know what? It's not so bad over here because we don't get, obviously our temperatures are a lot lower. I mean, it's sunny today uh, for the first time. So and it like, feels what, like we've had- Five or ten degrees? <laughs> I think it's like maybe 15, 16. Wow. It's a, de- it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, People it's are dying of heat stroke at the speed club. 
<laughs> get the fan um i uh we had like a really really warm um april here like it was the driest and sunniest april on record for like quite a while uh, but our may has been like such a washout you know it's mm. been raining so much like i would say nearly every day but it is sunny now and the forecast for june um and for the summer is meant to be looking really good um okay let me talk you through what i have in my house when it comes to green plants i have a big monstera in the kitchen mm-hmm. um you is know, it your pet hate as much as mine when someone calls it a monsteria oh i've never heard anyone oh say that to me. my god i don't know if it's just a monsteria yes. i don't know if it's just an australian <laughs> it's a good drag thing name. but like i i actually made a wholesaler here in Australia actually changed their whole invoicing system because I was like, every single (laughs) time you sell a bunch of Monstera Deliciosa and on your invoice, it says bloody Monsteria with an I. Mm -hmm. I was like, another person goes out there into the world sounding like a bloody idiot because they're telling their customers, oh, would you like to include some Monsteria? No, no, there is no I, love. I'm sorry. I've got news for you and it's all bad. There is no I in (laughs) Monsteria. <laughs> Did it send you into a hysteria? It sent me into a monsteria, love. Like I wh- a monsteria hysteria. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling I'm feeling hysteria about the monsteria. That's what I'm feeling. I can feel the tension in the room. Someone got a crystal. I love I love a smart monstera, love. I think it's a lovely indoor plant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Really, what I like about it is. Um, it's so easy to look after, to be honest. I re- I don't really struggle with houseplants here, like, to be honest with you. I, and I think that most houseplants, I, I think a lot of people, and okay, this is maybe a slightly controversial statement, but I think a lot of people kind of think it's cool to find it hard to look after things. Does that make sense? Like, I hear a lot of people and see people on, like, social media being like, oh, I kill everything. Oh, I'm terrible at plants. Like, no, you're not. You're just being over dramatic. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like I literally like house plants. Really, they were most of them require. I think the bare minimum. And if you're looking for like some good bare minimum house plants that require like so little work, um, what would I recommend? Sansevieria. Yeah, I think that's are a great one. So, thank you. Yeah, they they require so little um, attention. I have a big philodendron xanadu in my kitchen, which I've had for a couple of years. She's now. lovely um, too. I remember when I was there last time. She's a big plant. Thank you. I'll send you a picture later. But when I when I got her, she was maybe in a. I don't know, like maybe a 20 centimeter pot. Oh, she like she was small. Big. She was a baby. Yeah. 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 She was tiny. She was tiny. She like, I remember picking her from the wholesaler and she fit in the footwell of my car. And then like we used her on a job and she came back and I was like, oh, well, here we are. You know, she's been used. She's been paid for. I'll, you know, take the remnant home. Um, and now she's in a pot, I think, which is maybe like 60, 70 centimeters wide. Yeah. She's, she's big. big. Um, She's big, she's big news. So, Philodendron Xanadu, um, one of my favourites. I think they require, God, they require so little work. And it's funny what you were mentioning before when you said you're a sniffer and you love to sniff things. That's damn, Philodendron, that's damn. Philodendron Xanadu smell. You better yeah, believe exactly. it. Absolutely. <laughs> they smell like... It smells like fruit salad. <laughs> 
It does. Yeah. It does. So we have a drink over here. I don't know if you have it in Australia called Lilt. It's like a pineapple-y, like, I, they're not a sponsor, so I'm not going to tell you what's in it. But it's kind of like a citrusy kind of like beverage, like non-alcoholic. Um, and the bottom of a cut philodendron Xanadu smells exactly like that. Like every time I like cut off a leaf, I'm yeah, like, I smell it yeah, too. that's Lilt. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, yeah. so beautiful. Um, I have a, um, a fig, a, a fiddle leaf fig, um, in my kitchen, which is maybe two meters tall, something mm, like that. Yeah, it's a bit big. big. She's a good, she's a good size. Um, and I also have a pelea. Um, I don't know if you know pelea. Do you have them in Australia? Like a Chinese money plant? Oh, yes, of course. Lovely, yeah, lovely, lovely, yeah, lovely, lovely, yeah. lovely. Yeah, I have a big one of those in the bathroom and a big one, uh, like a smaller one in the kitchen. Um, they're delightful as well. But I think all of those plants are so easy to look after. My word of require, the week, you know, by the way, is delightful. Mm-hmm. Everything. So I can tell. Yeah, it's my word. You know, I, I know that you love my word of the week because it really does vary depending on mood. But it is, <laughs> this week it's delightful. Because mm. I had a little cake on Monday, I don't know what day it is today, but on Monday, I feel like that was a while ago. Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a while ago. So on Monday, I had this little piece of cake and it was like a petty four, like tiny, tiny, tiny. And oh. the only way I could describe it, because, you know, as you're halfway through a piece of cake rolling around in your mouth, naturally the person that's sitting opposite you <laughs> says, do you like it? And then you're trying to like swallow and talk through the cake. And I was like, this is absolutely delightful. Because it was oh this tart lemon kind of really light, fluffy, moussey cake. And I was like, oh, shit, it's just delightful. So, yeah, I have been uh. looking for excuses to use that word. It's like your skin shade today, <laughs> Mr. Massey. It's delightful. You are glowing. Thank you so much. Um, well, you know, I've been I've been pretty ill for the past two weeks. Yeah. I feel like I'm kind of coming back to, well, past, past month, really. But I feel like I'm kind of getting back into the swing of things. So I will take that compliment. Thank you very much. Um, while we're on the wedge of the week, then, um, what plants would you describe as delightful? Indoor plants? Are we talking? Or just um, in Indoor, outdoor. Surprise me. You can put it anywhere. Surprise me. What are the most delightful plants in the world of Matthew Landers? I think a delightful plant would be a hydrangea. Oh, she's bigger than I thought you would go for. No, love, she's, she likes them big. I love a smart hydrangea. I think that <laughs> there is nothing better than walking out of, you know, like onto your patio or something like that and being like, oh, hydrangea. Because she just wants to be loved. <laughs> she does. She's delightful. She does. And I just adore, I absolutely j'adore the way that the colours change. Like, you can literally put five plants that were all once the same colour all in a row and then mm-hmm. come back a year later and all six of them are a different colour. I just love it. I love, yeah. love, love They're that. fantastic. Yeah, they're fantastic. When it comes to hydrangea, though, I have to admit, I'm a bit of a snob when it comes to hydrangea. I don't mind the mop head ones. They're fine. We use them a lot for weddings. You know, that's no problem. Um, my favorite is, um, hydrangea Kayushu. Do you know it? I don't know her. She sounds like a lovely salmon or something like that. <laughs> she's something you might order at your, you know, next favorite sushi restaurant. Yes. Um, she's beautiful. It's a like very delicate little cone shaped hydrangea. Like we call that them has, PGs. Yeah, okay, so it's kind of like a PG. Okay. So we would refer to a PG as like a limelight. Okay. Like a hydrangea limelight. Yeah, but they're like the Madonna cones. Yes, 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 yes. 
Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of the same shape as that, but it's like a lot smaller and a lot daintier. Don't you available for... Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Delightful. Hydrangea Caillou shoe. I love that comes in season here. I think we can buy it on the wholesale markets like, I would say June, July. Like it's only for a month or two. Yeah. You know, you don't have it all year round. That's one of my favorites. And I'm a big fan of a lace cap hydrangea as well. Oh. You know, where like they start on the outside and just very delicately blossom. Ah, I love it so much. I love it. So I much. also, because I love dahlias as a cut flower so much, I think they are just beautiful. We get them mm. here in really nice, small, potted color sort of size plants, you know, like 15, mm-hmm. 20 centimeter size pots. And you might mm-hmm. get, you know, five heads of dahlia with, you know, five buds that kind of come out. And it, they're just absolutely stunning to watch because they last so much better than a cut flower. Mm. I would much mm-hmm. sooner sell a client of mine a $20 dahlia plant and be like, darling, I can sell you a bunch of five stems of dahlia for $20 as well, but this one's going to last you an awful lot longer. Mm, I mean, that's the thing about dahlia. Oh, that's something. I say dahlia. You said dahlia. I say both, actually, because in one of my stores... Oh, do you? Yeah, I'll tell you why. Because one of my stores is in, like, the Knightsbridge, as such, of mm-hmm. Perth, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. all, of course, with their accent over in the Golden Triangle... Flowers. Their flowers. They love their flowers and they love their dahlia. They love a dahlia mm-hmm. and a hydrangea. <laughs> they put an <laughs> ER in hydrangea. So, it's like, don't worry about monsteria. Like, we're talking about... They call it, I'm not joking, hydrangea. I love hydrangea. Hydrangea. I don't know whether I I could tolerate that. No, it's putrid. But you know what? If they're coming in waving a red American Express card, love, I'm letting them say whatever the hell they want. But thank you. In other stores, they all say Dahlia. Mm, well, I guess you've got the mix of the high and the low there. Mm -hmm. You are the people's florist. I am. The people's plants. What was I, the people's duchess? Is that what you referred to? Yeah, just because you're Fergie, because you're Ginge. Fine. She's um, still getting a royal per diem, love. Nothing wrong with being Fergie. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that when it comes to Dahlia, I, they are such a tricky flower and plant for me. I haven't actually got any in the garden at the minute mm. because I kind of, I know they require a lot of work to grow. I know you have to keep, you can only plant them, you know, once the risk of, you know, when it's not, it's not too cold and it's not too wet and like there's no risk of frost and all the rest of it. So you can only really harden them off and start planting them out like now, like May, June kind of thing. Right. Um, you know, once you reach like the, the frost date for your area, mm-hmm. uh, or the date of the last frost, essentially. Um, and I know that in the winter, you, you know, most people recommend that you should, you have to dig them up and then you have to separate out the, uh, the root, you know, the, the daily tuber, you know, and break it apart and then you have to store them and then you put That's them back in pots. Way too much hard work, darling. Yeah, yeah. They are like, I know they're not a flower. Oh, sorry. I know they're not a plant that you can just kind of whack in the garden, leave it there and it's fine for years. Like, I know they require like a fair bit of work. Um, so I haven't got any in the garden. But I do have the most fantastic um, dahlia grower, which is maybe 30 minutes drive from me. Oh, I remember. And, um, yes. yes. Oh, my gosh. Exquisite. Because I don't know if you agree with me in this, but like dahlia, they don't transport very well. No. So if I get them from, um, if I get them from like, you know, from Holland, they look all right, but they don't look amazing. Their heads are a bit naff and it's just not the best. Um 
So what I would say is that I always kind of buy them locally if I can. I just think they're so much better quality. And, uh, like I get so many because I did a series of arrangements last year with Dahlia using them in like a flower blocking way. So it's kind of like massing, but just not doing a dome Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, because like mm -hmm. you can do other shapes than just a dome. Um, and I got loads of attention for it. People were like, this is amazing. This is so good. Um, and I've had so many emails and not my emails, uh, DMs being like, when are you starting? When are you doing more of these? And, Mm -hmm. um, I know some of our flower class members are like that's what i want to learn how to make um so as soon as they come into season which will be another another month another month month maybe two months um yeah well, that'll be such a it's such, so beautiful. From every single time i open instagram to see how do you condition a bloody heli ball oh have you been watching my youtube girl i mean good grief i mean every time i flick through your story it's like would you like a free video on how to condition a heli ball no thank you <laughs> you would be so, you would be really surprised that a couple of thousand people were really into Oh, I that. believe it. We um, just don't get them here. So hellebores are not Oh, really? No, love. Hellebore season in Of course a, you wouldn't. No, it's like 45 minutes long. You get like six stems of hellebore yeah. a year and that's it. Yeah, okay. So over here in the UK, hellebore are like pretty rampant. You know, they 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 thrive in like a woodland environment, like dappled shade and all that kind of gorgeousness. You thrive um, in the environment too though, Dal, don't you? I do. Yeah. No, I do. Like a hundred hundred percent. Here's a little funny story for you. When we were designing our new garden, we have like a kind of arbory type thing. You've seen it, you know. I have. Like, um has like a kind of arbory type thing for it. And we got some furniture and we put it underneath it. And um my partner sent a picture of it to like I think it was his mom or his dad or something and uh, they were like oh but like the ceiling is in like the shade why haven't you put it in the sun and he was like because my husband is like a light-skinned ginger genetic anomaly like we can't put him in the sun like it's not (laughs) it's not what we do you know what i mean so with hellebore they are a really tricky flower to condition because we get them in so often and i know a lot of other people do too and they look amazing for like a day and then like the heads start to drop and then the stems start to drop and then you're looking at this flower which is like let's be honest not the cheapest for what it is um and they just they die they die they die and i found the best exactly i found the best little technique of how to keep them alive i practiced it a couple of times on like some hellebore that I bought in and some hellebore from the garden and about five or six different varieties. And it is a game changer because now whenever I have hellebore in, they are erect, they are upright, they last for about two weeks. Yeah, Whereas right. beforehand, I would they would last for like a day. So um, I'm sorry if I've been bragging about my hellebore video, but um, it's, oh, love, it's I'm gagging for it. If you're gagging, I'm gagging. <laughs> you know, like it's just, you know, I'll always support you, girl, no matter what. But it just. I thought, you know, she loves a hellebore. She's telling the world that she loves a hellebore right now. She loves a hellebore right now. It's so true. I still have them flowering in my garden, actually, which is weird because usually you think of it as like a, a, thank you, as like a beautiful spring flower. But it is, um, you know, I don't know why. I think they last a bit longer on the plant, but they are like the seed pods are pretty big on them. So I think, um, I think they'll be gone. Oh, you know what? You just reminded me. I think of what my all time favorite flower in a garden would actually be. As soon as you Tell said seed pod, Stephanotis. Really? Yeah. I do not think we could grow that. Well, I don't think you could grow that outside in the UK. Yeah, no, you can definitely. It thrives in Australia. And it is just the most sublime 
creeper up a wall because once they go to seed and you see those seed pods, you blush. Like, they are... I don't think I have ever seen a Stephanota seed pod. Okay, so it's literally the shape of an eggplant, but green. Okay, I'm Googling right now. Oh, it is just my favourite thing in the world, love. Absolutely divine. (gasps) That's so cool! Isn't she delightful? I... I, okay, so I have seen those before. I did not know that was a Stephanie to see pod. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's like a little green papaya. She's beautiful. She's absolutely, yeah, she's like an, a papaya or an underripe mango or she's just yeah. absolutely lovely. Oh, I love that. Mm. I imagine she thrives in Australia. She does. Right? You can just probably sure plant does. her up and she just whirls. She's on, love. Yeah. She's on. She is whirling. Yeah, they absolutely love the climate here. And mm-hmm. yeah, I just absolutely adore them. One of my favorite plants that I remember, like, being, you know, kind of confronted with when we- I landed in Australia for the first time with you was um, Frangipani. Uh, she's we not do my not favorite. have that over She's here. not my favorite. No? Really? No. I think it's so pretty. No, she's not my favorite. It's very, it's just, uh, it's just everywhere here. I think that's why. It's just mm. everywhere. There's nothing glamorous or unique about it. They're just everywhere. Well, I think if you grow up with it, you don't necessarily mm-hmm. have the appreciation that other people do mm-hmm. for it. Like, I guess if you drove around England and you see, like, you know, hedgerows or, you know, like, Hawthorn, you'd probably be like, oh, my God, it's so beautiful. But whereas we're like, meh, it's just a hedge. Yeah. We see it all the time. We've seen it, Dom. Yeah, we've seen it. We've seen it. It has been so interesting to hear all about the differences between what we have here in the UK and what we can get in Europe and what you obviously have in Australia as well. Mm. Because that's such a huge difference there between, you know, what we can work with and what's appropriate and kind of like what how we can use them in our weddings and events. So I hope that was a very interesting conversation, actually. Well, I enjoyed it, love. I don't know if anyone else will, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> I think the millions of fans will will do for sure. And of course we've probably got a sponsorship from the MS Food Hall out of this as well. So I'm hoping I just want them to have one here in in Australia. I just ugh it would make my life it's truly complete. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today, guys, for this episode of Flowers After Hours. We have had an absolute hoot doing it, and I hope it's been doing it for you. It's been a hooty toot. Make sure you click subscribe down below and that you leave us a rating and review. That would mean the absolute world to us, and you do not want to miss an episode of Flowers After Hours. Help us on our way to becoming the next Floral Kardashians, and we'll see you on the next one. Yay!